And so, um, welcome everyone. I'd like to very warmly welcome you all to this retreat, Gaia House August Retreat. And particularly those of you who are new to this experience of coming into a contemplative space and coming into the form of a a retreat. For some of you, you've um, been on many different retreats, probably, I assume. But uh, I heard that for some of you, this is a new experience. So I particularly welcome you. And... At some point um, tomorrow, we'll meet separately for those that are beginners or new to this kind of uh, retreat experience so that we can just check in in a little bit more of an informal way. This is rather formal, this uh, particular um, structure that we're in tonight. So coming into this space, I'm very struck by the the stillness that's here, actually. Um, It it slightly stopped my mind a little bit, so (laughs) I'm trying to uh, get my mind in gear to um, say something, (laughs) which would be helpful. But... um, It's it's um, good to be back at Guy House. It's good to be in this room, in this space, and to connect with the practice that's uh, gone on here. Many different people that have come in and contributed to this contemplative space, and that, in a way, will be a support for us in our own journey through this retreat. And very much it is a a journey, in part, into uh, accessing uh, innate uh, stillness, well-being, the ability to reflect and come into relationship with with our experience, experience of being embodied, being uh, human, uh, feeling the feelings that we do, having the bodies that we have, uh, having the inner unfolding of the mind and the heart, taking the time and the space to really uh, come into relationship with ourselves. Uh, So often we get very compelled by the momentum of our lives, and well, I know I do, Um, and pulled along by the demands um, and expectations that one can very easily uh, override uh, a more sensitized relationship to, to oneself, to one's experience. And so the value of this uh, contemplative framework is it gives us permission uh, to disengage from those everyday expectations and demands and pressures and just the way we get into habitual reactivity uh, in our life getting by, getting things done, 
to be able to contemplate the deeper flow of the mind um, and perhaps the assumptions we make about ourselves, about life and to contemplate in that context the Dhamma and to bring the teachings of the Dhamma in relationship to our experience how does that impact and influence our experience in many ways uh, one of the assumptions that we do make is that we know ourselves already that we know about things that we know about life and we can lose a lot of freshness in that assumption we've got it worked out somehow and in many ways that might be true Um, and if we've had a lot of experience of uh, being on retreats we've probably got uh, unacknowledged expectations about what retreats are. Um, I know that I do. And um, if you've been on retreat with either myself or Jatindriya before, you might have ideas about what it might be like. (laughs) Um, Or you might have had experiences that we carry from past retreats into this space. Um, Expectations. And this is the way the mind works. We come into freshly into the moment, often with the projection of our expectations, our past memories, our assumptions um, of what it might be like, which tends to shape often, or at least colour, the potential of our experience. Uh, so what I would like to encourage as we begin a retreat is to establish yourself in this very wonderful phrase from the Zen school of beginner's mind of just being able to for all of us uh, the Dhamma is always the unfolding of the actuality of the Dhamma there's the Dhamma teachings we can talk about the Dhamma but the actuality of it it's always in this moment it's always unfolding and fresh that which is revealing itself, the truth of the moment that is revealing itself and teaching us and is illuminated by our awareness is happening in this moment. And so when we come in with assumptions or ideas or expectations or projections about how it should be or how we would like ourselves to be in the retreat, uh, then we, in a way subtly dislocate ourselves from the potential of really uh, being awakened uh, to the innate learning in the moment, wisdom of the, the moment. I think one of the difficulties in, uh, in meditative, contemplative life is, spiritual life, is that um, it gets very idealized. Uh, we, we project a lot of ideals sometimes, often unconsciously, onto what um, spiritual life is, what meditation is, what we should be, what teachers are, what retreats are. And, um, <clears throat> and I think that can be quite problematic if we're not aware of our ideals. And, uh, you know, things should be peaceful or calm or um, clear somehow. Things should run smoothly. I mean, that would be lovely if that all happens. That uh, Jitindra and I will hopefully know what we're doing, <laughs> say the right things. <laughs> mm. 
illuminate illuminate the retreat with pearls of wisdom. <laughs> this way of, uh, in some ways, our, our you know, <coughs> this idealization uh, of, of ourselves as human beings, of our uh, our wish to be more spiritual, it can dislocate us from the actuality of being in relationship to what is actually here and now, the flesh and blood embodied experience of, of being here, the mind, the heart, the momentum of, our, of what we experience from our lives as we experience that as our, our wishes, our desires, our dreams, our hopes, our despairs, our sadnesses, our loves, our dislikes, our resentments, which is a human experience. Uh, if we feel that uh, some of that shouldn't be there, then we, we create a, an in, internal split about this idealized uh, sense of something spiritual, uh, peaceful, meditative, contemplative, and the reality of our actuality. It actually can be quite boring. So what I'd like to encourage as we begin this retreat is uh, what I'm really talking to is um, framing our relationship to the experience of being in retreat by, uh, by adjusting our, our attitude or our, our relationship to the experience uh, to one that's more realistic, more um, open, more fresh, more in relationship with how it is here and now and seeing as we bring awareness and attentiveness to here and now, just seeing what emerges within that space, coming into relationship to the actuality of this, this is actually the Dhamma unfolding here and now, the Dhamma of the flow of life as we experience it uh, within our own being, within the within the, the, the flow of sounds, of sensations, of feelings, of thoughts, of memories, of perceptions, impulses, all unfolding, arising and flowing within this space of the aware heart, that which is aware, that which is present. That which is actually fundamentally not going anywhere. So one of the phrases that can be helpful in supporting this uh, attitude, can support our contemplative inquiry that was uh, used a lot in our monastic training, was the simple phrase of this is how it is, here and now. This is, this is the actuality of how it is, here and now. Not how it should be, how I should be, how guy house should be, how the weather should be, how life should be, how you should be, how I should be. 
um, and how that, you know, when we project the sense of how it should be continually in the moments of our ex- onto the moments of our experience, we create this uh, dissonance, this struggle, because it's not how it should be usually. And it's often a very unconscious movement of the mind, isn't it? It's not really that investigated. So is it possible to recognize that tendency and release out of it and more deepen into the actuality of, of, of how it is, the, the, the perfection of this moment? Breathing, being, listening, changing gears from the momentum of our daily life into a retreat mode. It is like I, I experience it like sort of downshifting, changing gears. It's a bit clunky. Making a transition into a different space. And in that transition, things will come up, you know, a uh, sense of oh, relief, maybe. God, thank God, I can just, don't have to answer the emails or phone calls or go to work or respond to things can just unplug from that or anxiety oh my god (laughs) what am I going to do all my my familiar territory is not here my comfort zone is not here it's sort of like being a bit desiccated or resistance can come up. Different things as we make a transition into uh, from the experiences of our, of being of the, ourselves being shaped by the the needs of our daily life. We experience ourselves shaped in a certain way. And then when we move out of that shape there can be a sense of lostness and a bit a bit of anxiety or lack of familiarity. Who am I now? when I'm not shaped by my role or my uh, tendencies or my familiar environment, my social interactions, who am I now? And uh, it's not necessarily that comfortable, but it's interesting. It's, uh, it's like going through a, a layer, just trusting that we just sort of like down shifting through these layers. That's how I experience it coming on retreat. It's like, oh, releasing out of the the layerings of our personas (laughs) operating the world and just getting a sense of our beingness a bit more, just relaxing, steadying, allowing ourselves to soften, relax, be gentle, and arrive into this sense of the, the stillness, the presence.
So in terms of the, uh, the Dharma, reflecting on the Dharma, see, um, the, the, uh, the teachings that help us arrive more deeply, more profoundly uh, into the uh, aware, awakened heart. See the um, frame, framework of the of the sense of a movement, a movement that's sometimes often talked about as maga, which means a path, a movement from one state of being into another, a movement from often articulated as a movement from state of constriction, experience of dukkha, experience of limitation, experience of stress, uh, the sense of a movement from, from that into, a, into realizing an underlying peacefulness, uh, clarity, luminosity, sense of inner well-being, sense of uh, harmony. This movement is the movement of pra- that brings about this shift. Is the is the practice the the path of practice in the contemplative life or the meditative life is a is a, supported by this uh, idea of practice. So sometimes when we have the, the Buddha taught a pathway, we have the idea of a path. It sounds like going from a linear thing that we're going from A to B. We're moving through time and space. It's not. It's the uh, the sense of maybe it's not. Um, you know, it's it's not here. We have to get there. We have to get somewhere. That's more spiritual, more perfect. But I would prefer to frame. This this uh, sense of path is actually a movement more into into the into the present, a movement that's into uh, more depth here and now, a movement from the becoming energies of the mind, becoming something, resisting the moment, projecting the sense of it should be different, getting somewhere, getting rid of something fiddling around with the uh, structures of our lives, getting it all right, getting it fixed, getting it sorted, the sort of endless preoccupation of, of getting it right. Uh, the movement out of that into a more uh, restfulness, a trusting, uh, a release into the, into the awareness of the heart, of the mind. One of the phrases that the, the Buddha used in his teaching, Vimuti Sarasabe Tamma, refers to this realization that at the heart of every moment there is already that which is peaceful, already that which is spacious, already that which is free. Vimuti Sara, Vimuti meaning freedom, as essence, Sabbe Dhamma, all dharmas, all 
things, all conditions, all that we can see, think, hear, feel, touch, taste, know, all states, all the, the things of the objective sense of the world around us, that we can, uh, that feels like it's objective to the sense of our inner self, inner subjectivity. And even that, this sense of the inner self, the sense of meanness, all dharmas, all things that arise and pass within their essence, there is that which is already free, that which is already spacious. So in any moment in our retreat, as we move through the days, as we uh, contemplate our human experience here and now, whatever the state that arises, whatever the experience, whatever time of day or night, there's always the potential here and now to realize that in this moment it's already free. Inherent in the, the sense of solidity, constriction, there's already that, the heart that knows, the heart that's aware, there's that which is already liberated. So as we contemplate this idea of path, it's not really a path so much to attain, but a path to realize what's already present. And in this way, when we practice, if we can frame our practice, is not you know, the whole point of this practice is not to uh, become a Buddhist, is not to become a great meditator, it's not to even attain great states of refined um, states of consciousness. But it's really to, to recognize the liberated heart, to free the heart from its uh, false assumptions, from the state of constriction, the state of dukkha, unsatisfactoriness. So during the retreat, that we'd like to um, reflect around this theme. What is, what is this aware heart? How do we recognize it? What is this awareness? How do we apply this idea of practice and path activity? It's not so much one of the um, phrases in the early text, magahatikilesawa, meaning that it's actually the path activity that breaks up that which obstructs this underlying realization. The sense, it's not the sense of I'm, I'm doing it, it's, there's something I, I've got to do, but it's actually the activity of path, it's the activity of moments of attentiveness, moments of being here, moments of inquiry, moments of letting be that bring, that bring about this fruit of this realization. this uh, time together, it's a 10-day retreat, to explore some of, the, uh, some of these teachings of the Dhamma, uh, to support each other in this practice of presence, practice of awareness, practice of inquiry. Um, to know that in any, any moment, if there's a, uh, an experience of uh, 
struggle, difficulty, that that's workable, that's okay. We don't have to feel like something's going wrong or I should be more peaceful or project onto ourselves an ideal but that we can actually realize it's through being being attentive and, and holding, being in relationship to what our experiences from a place of awareness, attentiveness. Gentle inquiry, that we can have the, the potential to illuminate the innate freedom, the innate spaciousness innate rootedness in the depth of our being and realize the taste of that, that which is peaceful. So uh, I really um, just like to uh, say these few comments by way of opening our retreat together. And if I may hand over to Jatindriya to embroider a bit more onto onto this. Sarah gave a um, quite a useful, succinct outline of of uh, the kind of attitude that's and view which is important to develop in this uh, path. That and we'll be speaking again and again to this throughout the retreat because as uh, any of you know who've, who've been in long retreats longish or any kind of retreat we tend to we can you know tend to get lost a bit in the quagmire every now and again and, and little reminders which we seem to know before we got back into the quagmire are helpful from time to time you think I knew that I knew that when you hear someone drop it in uh, that's about the path about this path of practice that it's, it's about bringing us back to here. It's about bringing us more and more into here, right where we are, nowhere else. More and more into now, just now, no other time. And more and more into just what's happening for each of us. There's no particular thing that needs to be happening for any one of us to be right or wrong in this kind of practice. And this is important to make clear again and again. There are techniques we can employ, um, uh, ways we can encourage ourselves to incline the mind in order to help establish or help cultivate some calm, help bring about calm, uh, which helps give rise to insight, clarifies the mind quite naturally. 
But if we get lost in those, uh, the doing activity of the mind, we're not really uh, here and now. And this is a, it can be a very subtle um, a distinction when we're involved in practice. Uh, and this is what we can talk about uh, further in the retreat around right effort, right effort as a path factor. Uh, what is the right effort and to be mindful? How much of the doing activity as opposed to just letting be? And it's always you know, the factor of mindfulness that knows that, that understands that, that can assess that, each for ourselves. The, the path of practice from the experience of suffering to the experience of the cessation of suffering can only be experienced each for ourselves. The teachers can't make it happen for you, even if Tanisha and I were both perfectly enlightened arahats, we couldn't make it happen for you. Sorry. <laughs> but nevertheless, to hear the Dharma, to hear the teachings, can help ripen the mind, can help ripen wisdom. Uh, and that, that also depends on many factors, our openness, our own uh, degree of developed understanding, wisdom, readiness. But this path of practice from the experience of suffering to the experience of the cessation of suffering as Tanisha was saying, is here and now. The insight into the cause of suffering and the cessation of suffering and how that comes about is here and now. It's nowhere else at no other time with no one else's mind. You know, if only I was a bit more wise, by the end of the retreat I might be able to to gain some understanding, I might attain the first path, stream entry. You know, we can we can project so much into the future, which has totally pulled us out of the place where true awakening is. When we project ourselves into the future and start to strategize, essentially that strategy is how to make things different from the way it feels right now. Essentially, it's a motivation arising out of desire or aversion. I like this or I don't like this. I want more of this, I want less of that. Sometimes quite obvious strategies in the mind, sometimes very, very subtle. Very subtle. The path we talk, the Buddha taught, as um, the components, three, eight, eight factors grouped into three component parts we can talk of as sila, samadhi, and panya, which gets translated roughly as um, wholesome living um, or wholesome response, wholesome relationship to life. That's Cecilia, Samadhi. gets translated as concentration, but it's more a gathering, the mind gathering its energy, which comes into fullness, a unity. And Panya is the wisdom factor, 
so the wisdom component, sila samadhi pane, wholesome living, meditation or concentration, and wisdom or insight. All of these factors, if you like, are, are innate factors of the heart-mind. We, we each have these factors, we each have these faculties, uh, which we can develop, which we can come to recognize and, and learn on in our practice. But each gives rise, um, the sila gives rise to the, the samadhi, the calmness, concentration, the gathering of the mental energy. And that uh, allows, or is the, the condition, the, the, uh, the factor which gives rise to concentration. So the insight and wisdom. So there's a way we can look at this, this path, again, not in terms of uh, linear time bound, but actually in the present moment. The sila is like a boundary, creating a boundary for our activity of body, speech and mind. Just like <coughs> this retreat is setting up a boundary and which has a purpose. We're kind of restraining our usual modes of activity, we're committing to a kind of a schedule, uh, things that we're not particularly used to, but we're, we're creating boundaries for our behaviour of body, speech, and mind. And this begins to support a gathering of the energy, being able to bring our attention to the here and now, more and more into this body, becoming more and more embodied as conscious, aware beings, and, and being able to observe ourselves, feeling sensations within the body, the moods of the mind, the powerful thoughts that come rushing through, the powerful desires or fears or even more subtle ones boredom, restlessness all of this stuff can come up within a boundary situation where we can't so easily break loose and and satisfy our, our needs or wants or get away from what we don't like so this is an opportunity for us to gather the attention, the energy to just what's happening for us and this is, this is the basis for the development of the samadhi factor. It might not feel good initially. <laughs> and you have to trust that. Yeah? Not, that not that you have to trust um, the, the pain or the suffering so much, but you have to trust that it's okay that this is here, however it's manifesting for you. <coughs> it will, you know, powerful um, things, mental, emotional, and even physical things may, may come up, will arise. And the whole purpose um, of the path is to allow that to come into consciousness. This is where we develop the path. How am I with that? How am I with this feeling of of desire to just run away. How am I with that? Without following, how am I with that? Where is the resistance? Where is the pain? Can I breathe with this? What happens when I open up to it, breathe with it, breathing in and breathing out? Does it stay the same? 
this is the aspect of inquiry asking these kind of questions but nevertheless it's 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 um it's engaged within the space of samadhi enough clarity enough calmness to begin to be to discern what's happening for us be with it experiment how is it to come into relationship in order to let the dharma which is exactly what our experience is the dharma translated as the things of this world that's what teaches us and there's an aspect of the dharma translated as truth which means the teachings on the path from suffering to the end of suffering so this is what will help us to help guide us uh, through the experience of the moment and within that whole milieu we will begin to understand the path what, what suffering really is how it is how it comes to be in the moment in our di- very direct experience and what allows it to fall apart deconstruct and what is the experience when that happens this is for each of us to, to find out for ourselves and taste for ourselves this is what um, awakening enlightenment is about it doesn't just happen up here it doesn't happen conceptually obviously we engage our conceptual capacity to understand the teachings but we take it much more deeply the inquiry then takes us to taste our direct experience in the heart from moment to moment opening up to suffering in a way that allows us to begin to understand what it is how it arises and how to let the whole thing fall apart but it quite clearly stated that, that suffering as we experience it is has a, has a cause and with the removal of that cause suffering cannot arise <coughs> He obviously distinguished uh, there's bodily suffering and mental suffering, the two arrows of suffering on the two thorns. Yet, if we've truly understood the cause of, of suffering in the moment, even physical suffering is far, far depleted if we have um, you know, disc problems in our back or if we have severe chronic pain. Once we've understood how mental suffering can compound that to a great degree of intensity when that's understood and let go of then that, the level of physical suffering left is, is quite tolerable because some of what's taken out is the root factor of, of suffering the cause of suffering which is, which is ignorance we'll be going more into that teaching uh, and offering you uh, teachings that will help you understand how ignorance as the Buddha as it was translated Awija gets translated as not knowing not understanding how that very ignorance is the root cause of our grasping onto and making a sense of self out of every experience we have which just takes us into suffering after suffering after suffering So the path will unfold 
in the moment. We don't have to construct it, but moment by moment, if we're practicing in the right way, the factors are gathering momentum. I'm just curious if, if I might ask um, just to get a sense of um, people who are familiar with this, the Buddhist teaching or Buddhist meditation. Um, if I could just ask for a show of hands. Um, I, and there's quite a few familiar faces, but just a show of hands for those who've been on 10-day retreats before. Okay. And those who've been practicing for more than five years. Okay, so about the same amount of people. Um, and how about those who have never been on a retreat before? A few. Okay. And of yourselves, how many of you... Would this be the um, first experience of learning Buddhist meditation? Okay, that's good. No one, by the way. <laughs> so, so those of you, it's your first retreat, but you, you've been practicing some degree of uh, Buddhist meditation, which is good. So there's probably enough input um, for this evening, uh, just in terms of talking about um, a little bit about where we'll be going, about uh, cultivation. Do you want to talk a little bit to the schedule, to Ms. Rua? like to say about the schedule is, um, is that we're still working? Yeah. Um, is to, to actually, I think it's quite easy to um, come into these retreat situations and feel quite intimidated <laughs> um, by the power of a collective group and a schedule and uh, the momentum of it. It's uh, if one can't quite keep up or one's energies are a bit out of sync with the rhythm of the schedule, um, it can compound, rather than actually encouraging and supporting, the whole idea of the schedule and this whole framework is to actually support us, to befriend us rather than intimidate us. But it can so easily flip into the shadow of of feeling supported by a group and a schedule into feeling... Um, you know, uh, overwhelmed or we can't keep up and then it can generate um, a sense of stress and self-blame and judgment and guilt and and, and those aren't the the very conducive states or the ones that we would hope to encourage strongly in in an experience that would actually be more conducive to to support the opposite sense of well-being a sense of um, personal empowerment so in terms of relationship to schedule structures, forms, 
um, in general, they're, all, they're, they're in service of the spirit of the thing rather than the other way around. So when, you, when we come into a relationship with this schedule, um, I'd like you to encourage, if you can see it more like that, as something that's supporting us, and to also be sensitive to your own energies. Um, people often um, come into retreats that have uh, all sorts of different health things going on and energy things going on. Um, so you have to, in a way, be sensitive to the needs of your own body, um, both in the sitting postures and in terms of how you uh, relate to the schedules, what you join and what you don't join in. Um, and that we would like to feel, to give permission to you to do that, so that it's not like a, it doesn't turn into a sense of an army camp or being policed or anything like that, which can easily have that flavour about it in this kind of a, a format. So to see that uh, you come into relationship with this whole experience in a way that's supportive of your energies. Um, if you do need to take time out to rest or, or to take your own space, that's fine from our point of view. The only thing that we would really encourage is for you to come to the instructions and the evening um, Dharma input and the um, group. We're, we're going to have, we'll be seeing people. We'd like to check in to see you so that you you stay in connected with the flow and the themes of the retreat and don't get too isolated or disconnected. Uh, but, you know, that, you know, obviously in balance with that, to, to try the best you can to, to stay in and be in relationship with the schedule, but to balance that with a sense of um, sensitivity. Um, also, if during this time we will be checking in, probably in small groups with everyone, but if you do feel that you're really getting stuck or lost or overwhelmed, um, in a way that's really unhelpful and would like to see either Jitinu or myself then leave a note on the board so we can take um, some time and just check in that you're doing okay. Um, and, and then I think the only other thing to say on my mind at the moment or we might come back to the use of structures is that um, I'm aware that it's Friday evening, that probably for many of you have had journeys here, probably some, some of you hectic weeks. I know I've had a hectic week. I'm just um, trying to sort of like skip to a halt to get into the retreat. <laughs> um, what what um, we'd like to encourage for those that need it, that, that we don't have a formal, um, we won't be doing the bowing practice tomorrow. I need time to actually go through that and explain it. Um, I don't really want to do that first thing tomorrow morning. So if you need to rest in, um, that's fine tomorrow morning, and then we'll start communally at, um, for the work the breakfast at 7.30, the work period at uh, 8.15, clean up at 9.15, and the uh, first instruction at 9.30. Um, so it's a, it's a um, volunt- voluntary sitting tomorrow morning. You come into the hall whenever you feel or not, if you need that extra rest to catch up with yourself so that you can start the retreat in a refreshed way, you know, so that we can just catch up with ourselves um, and, you know, rest the body well and then arrive so that we can, you know, uh, by 9.30 um, begin the retreat together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.